When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode six of season four of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. Marie Wilson was an actress who got her start in Hollywood in the 1934 film Their Last Yacht and went on to appear in many other films in the 30s and 40s. She was a pinup during World War II, known for her bombshell good looks, and went on to star as scatterbrained secretary Irma Peterson in the radio sitcom My Friend Irma, which ran from 1947 to 1954. The show revolved around the misadventures that resulted from Irma's less-than-stellar intelligence, and the impact it had on her and her co-stars. Kathy Lewis and Joan Banks as Jane Stacy, her roommate. John Brown as her lazy boyfriend, Al. Hans Conried as neighbor Professor Kropotkin. Alan Reed as Irma's boss, Mr. Clyde. And Jane Morgan and Gloria Gordon as her landlady, Mrs. O'Reilly. The TV version ran from 1952 to 1954, and it spawned two movies, My Friend Irma in 1949 and My Friend Irma Goes West in 1950. Wilson appeared in several other television shows from the 50s through the 70s and was awarded three stars in the Hollywood Walk of Fame, one each for movies, TV, and radio. She died on November 23, 1972, aged 56. Now sit back and enjoy the July 21, 1947 and the May 29, 1950 broadcasts of My Friend Irma. Let me see. Oh. 
the Beethoven School of Music. Sam Beethoven, president. <laughs> oh, they have a real nice slogan, haven't they, Jane? Well, let me read it. If you have music in your heart and bones, who knows, you may be another Spike Jones. <laughs> oh, no. And look at this. Hours from nine to six, payments in advance, and positively no refunds. I discussed that part about refunds with Mr. Beethoven, and he said the purpose of music is to make people happy, and that if he had to give back the money, it would make him very sad. <laughs> but, honey, what are you going to do? You're stuck with the lessons, and you have no piano. What are you going to practice on? Well, use a typewriter and hum. <laughs> oh, sweetie, be sensible. Come in. Only me, Professor Kropotkin. <laughs> Hello, Janie and Emma. Proud like two little peacocks. One with her head in the air, the other with air in her head. <laughs> Why, Professor? Oh, excuse me, Janie. A little joke I found on a package of birdseed. <laughs> Girls, I was wondering, could I borrow some wire to hang up a picture of Mrs. O'Reilly in my room? Well, surely, but why the sudden affection for Mrs. O'Reilly? The doctor's orders. <laughs> doctor's orders? Yeah, yeah. He put me on a diet, and her picture is the only thing that will spoil my appetite. <laughs> what seems to be the trouble, girls? You look a little... Say, where is the piano? Professor, I just sent the piano back because the payments were too large, and what do you think Irma did? Signed up for piano lessons. How did you guess? I figured for Irma to be a logical step. <laughs> Irma, darling, maybe you can get your money back. Huh? Oh, no, there are no refunds, but it, it says on this circular that I can substitute something else for piano lessons and... You're a professor. I mean, you're a musician, Professor. What do you suggest? Well, please, let me look at the list, huh? Uh huh, Beethoven Music School. Uh, I knew a man who took that course, studied for ten years, still couldn't learn to play an instrument. Then the school didn't help him at all? Well, Janie, yes and no. After ten years, he was so mad that every time he saw someone play, he would wave his fist at him became one of the biggest conductors in America. Well, you see, Jane, I told you it was a good school. Uh, what course do you think I ought to take, Professor? Well, here's something that sounds practical. Combination harp and drumlet. Practical? Sure. Anyone who practices all day on the drum should also be prepared to play the harp. <laughs> Hello, Jane. Professor? Hiya, chicken. Hello, Al, honey. Say, Al, that's a beautiful coat. Where did you buy it? Oh, thanks. Got it on an election bet. Oh, you won it. Well, not exactly. Another guy lost the bet, and I held his coat while he pushed a peanut down the street with his nose. <laughs> Poor man, he didn't see the traffic signal turn green. <laughs> Wouldn't have happened if he had worn a taillight. Say, what happened to the piano? Oh, Jane, turn it back. Oh, that's tough. Well, if my new deal comes through, we'll all be on easy street. <laughs> what is it this time, Al? Punching holes in Dixie cups and selling them for soup strainers? <laughs> Nothing so petty. This one can't miss. 
It's a special type television set for bars. It shows only half an image. So when you start seeing double, the picture will still be single. <laughs> well, what do you think of it? Oh, it's wonderful, Al. Jane, don't you think he's a live wire? No, but I'd like to see him holding on to one. <laughs> Look, Al, if you really want to be helpful, see if you can get Irma's money back. What money? I paid $30 for piano lessons, but now that Jane has sent the piano back, I won't be able to hear what I'm playing. <laughs> well, if we want to get that money back, Chicken, all we got to do is tell him a pathetic story, and it's got to work. Are you sure, Al? Why, certainly. Sob stories have worked all through history. Take Columbus. After he discovered America and came back to report to the Queen, she started to ball him up. So he explained in these words, Your Royal Highness, I know you meant us to go to India, but we got lost with no compass. Thus came the expression, non-compass meant us. <laughs> oh, brother. You see, Jane, you think Al doesn't know anything. Well, this ought to prove it. Good heavens, what was that? That's Mrs. O'Reilly. She sounds like she's being killed. Calm yourself. I had the same hope, but she's only singing. She won't tell me why. Why don't you know it's almost time for the annual singing contest? What singing contest? Oh, it's a neighborhood thing, Al. The community center around the corner gives a $50 prize to the winner. That's right. It's 72nd Street versus 73rd Street. And since it's a friendly affair, I'm entering the contest. Mrs. O'Reilly, you are entering the contest? And why not? Look, Mrs. O'Reilly... Just because you are built like the sextet from Lucia don't mean you can sing like that. Oh, yes. For your information, I'll have you know I came in second last year. I would have won, but I had a frog in my throat. Well, then it's your own fault. You should have kept still and let the frog sing. Professor, let me see that circular. Irma, what are you up to? Now, let's see. Bagpipes, trombone, bugles. Oh, here it is. Vocal lessons. Vocal lessons? Well, Jean, I, I can't get my money back for the piano lessons, so maybe I can take vocal lessons for a couple of weeks and then try for the prize. Irma, you can't even carry a tune. Oh, I will go in front of you that heavy music. Miss <laughs> uh, uh, O'Reilly, do you mind if I compete with you? Oh, I'm used to competitions. Sure. Wasn't she in that sewing contest with Betsy Ross? <laughs> oh, hush up, you. You know, Jane, I think Chicken's got a great idea. Well, I suppose the money is lost anyway, so no harm can come from her trying. Oh, thank you, Jane, and I'm going to try very hard. You can't tell what'll happen. Oh, this is exciting. Wouldn't it be terrific if Chicken turned out to be a female Caruso? Yes, Al. And then you'll be my man Friday. <laughs> you know, they say when most good singers sing, the glasses vibrate. 
But when Irma sings, you get the feeling the glasses are trying to run back into the cupboard. <laughs> Deep in my heart, I know she hasn't got a chance to win the contest, and the money she gave the Beethoven Music School is down the drain, but there's always a chance that the judge of the contest may have worked at Atlantic City and will declare Irma the winner because she has the nicest legs. Which gives me the thought that if Irma were a cricket and would rub her legs together, she'd make better music than she does with her voice. <laughs> Uh-oh, there she goes again. Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. Do, ti, la, so, fa, mi, re, do. Gee, aren't those lyrics pretty, Jane? <laughs> Irma, are you sure this is what you want to do? Oh, this song, my practice number. I can pick any song I want to for the audition. I, uh, I may even sing an operatic number. Opera? Do you know any? My favorite is Laugh, Clown, Laugh from the opera Parcheesi. Parcheesi Oh yes, that must be Italian for Pagliacci Look, sweetie I, I've already resigned myself to kissing that $30 goodbye But as long as you insist on going through with this audition Don't you think you should try to sing something simple? Well, there are three simple songs I like uh, I'm just a prisoner of love Why not take all of me? And he's too fat for me <laughs> Gee, all afternoon at the office I was trying to decide which one I liked best At the office? So your boss, Mr. Clyde, must have just loved that Yes, he said my singing really sends him It's just that he has so much work to do at the office He can't go <laughs> Oh, Irma, why don't you just forget this whole thing? No, Jane, I'm sure I can sing. Don't forget they laughed at another singer, but now he's a millionaire. What singer are you talking about? The one who sells all those sewing machines. <laughs> well, uh, listen, Jane, I'm going down to the dime store. So far, I have a prisoner of love, and why not take all of me and the others, but maybe I'll find something I like better. All right, sweetie. Goodbye. Hello. Who? The community center? Oh, yes, Mr. Sterling. What? You received Irma Peterson's application to enter the singing contest. What? You're listening to all the 73rd Street contestants in a half an hour? Yes, I'll tell her you'll be here. What? Yes, I'll convey the same message to Mrs. O'Reilly. Thank you, Mr. Sterling. Bye. Come in. Oh, uh, Mr. Clyde. Miss Stacy, excuse me for barging in like this. Is Irma Peterson here? No, but she'll be right back. Why? I want to fire her. I want to assassinate her. I want to... I don't know what I want to do to her. Now, control yourself, Mr. Clyde. I'm sorry, Miss Stacy. That girl has worked for me for some time, and I put up with a lot. I didn't mind when she cut holes in my galoshes so the water would run out. <laughs> and I could even take it when she had my desk painted and that put my new top coat over it so no one would get their hands wet. <laughs> but what is this song title madness? Well, Mr. Clyde, she's entering a singing contest and she has song titles on her mind. On her what? <laughs> Miss Stacy, I dictated a letter to her yesterday and I found this carbon copy. It's to my most important client. I'm supposed to be a lawyer, but when he gets this letter, I'll need one. Well, let me see it. Dear Mr. Vanderbilt, I regret the Court of Appeals decided against us, but I trust you'll appreciate my position in this matter as I am just a prisoner of love. <laughs> oh, no. Continue. 
Please remember that you have had my untiring efforts, my 30 years of experience, my unimpeachable integrity. So, why not take all of me? <laughs> There's more. Keep going. I was considering enlisting the help of ex-Senator Bernard Sindel, but I have decided against this because he's too fat for me. <laughs> There's nothing for you to say. If I lose this client, not only is Miss Peterson fired, but I'm going to sue her. Goodbye. Mrs. O'Reilly! Mrs. O'Reilly! Hello, Jane. Where's Chicken? Al, let me ask you a sentimental question. Would you like to have Irma at your side through the years? <laughs> Couldn't think of anything better. Why? Well, save a space for her in the unemployment line. She lost her job. Lost her job? What's the matter with that girl? Is she going Hollywood? <laughs> Al, it's a long story. All I know is she just about lost her job. She hasn't got a nickel in the bank. She's wasted money on singing lessons, and she hasn't got a chance to win the contest. Now, Al, what are we going to do? Oh, wait a minute, Jane. I think I hear her coming. I'm just a prisoner of love. Chicken, your prison days are over. <laughs> Got a feeling you're about to be executed. Why? Why, Al? What's happened? I'll tell you, Irma. I just had a talk with Mr. Clyde, and he's disgusted with you. You're just about to lose your job. And in that case, you're going to need that 30 bucks you spent for lessons to tide you over. So you got to go back to that Beethoven music school and cry for your money. Give him a real sob story. Oh, but, uh, gosh, I, I wouldn't know what to say. Well, there's nothing to it. You simply say something like, uh... Uh, you lost your job, and if you don't get the $30 back, you will have nothing to eat, and the children will starve. You got a chicken? Oh, word for word. Good. <laughs> Let me hear it. All right, now let's see. Uh, I want the $30 back because I'm starved and I have nothing to eat but the children. <laughs> Hold it, chicken. You got the right words, but they sound like they went through the mix mess. <laughs> Al, you know she won't get it right. Besides, there are no refunds. Yes, and I'm determined to go through with the contest. Okay, chicken. When our backs are against the wall and there ain't no time to stall, there's only one man to call. Who, Al? Who else but... Hello, Joe. <laughs> Al, got a problem. Irma is entering a contest in the community center. How can I make sure she wins when she sings? Huh? You don't like people who sing? Oh, why not, Joe? Uh-huh. 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 Mm-hmm. Your brother did some singing to the district attorney, and they almost cracked your whole gang. <laughs> Can understand your point. So I guess you can't help us, but thanks for the effort, and goodbye, noble friend. Come in. Hello, folks. Janie, the professor here told me you called me. Yes, I did, Mrs. O'Reilly. Mr. Sterling from the community sing call. He's going to audition all the applicants in this block, and he'll be here any minute. Any minute? Glory be. I'd better try my voice. Oh, la, la, Oh, well, my notes seem to be nice and pear-shaped. Why not? You're built like one. Tattered old Tuscanini, you. Mrs. O'Reilly, please, I'm only fooling. You know that 
to me, you look like a queen. Well, that's better. The Queen Mary in Drydock. Now, listen here, you. Oh, please be still. Will you summons at the door? Come in. Good evening. I am Mr. Sterling. Oh, yes. You call. I hope I'm not late. I've been listening to all the applicants on this block. And I must say, up to this point, 72nd Street has it all over for 73rd Street. Well, we're going to change that. Are you Irma Peterson? Oh, no, I am. Uh, but listen to Mrs. O'Reilly first, because I'm trying to memorize the words in my song. All right, Mrs. O'Reilly. What are you going to sing? Well, I was going to sing a little Welsh number called Lost in the Wilderness. Inspired by a visit to my room. <laughs> but instead, I'll sing the last rose of summer. Let's hear it. Well, here we go. Ready, Professor? Ready. Tis the last rose of summer <laughs> left blooming alone on her love. Ah, that's uh, very interesting. And, uh... And now, Miss Peterson, uh, what are you going to say? Well, I was going to sing I'm Just a Prisoner of Love, but I forgot the words, so I'll sing uh, Wendy Tuesday, because any child can remember that. I'll accompany you, my darling. You ready? One, two. One, two, I'll kiss you, Z. Hey, Jane, what comes after two, Z? <laughs> Try three, Z. Three, Z? Jane, are you sure it's three, Z? Yes, didn't you just sing two, Z? Yes, but I thought Wednesday came after Tuesday. <laughs> If you don't mind, Miss Peterson, I'll come back when you know what day it is. Goodbye. <laughs> well, don't, don't cry, Irma, darling. Well, she's got plenty to cry about. She spent her last $30. She's out of the contest. And to make things simply adorable, she's lost her job. But don't forget, she's still got me. That still leaves the score nothing to nothing. <laughs> this is the blackest day of my life. Oh, you always say that. Well, this is really dark black. <laughs> Come in. Oh, it, it's you, Mr. Clyde. Look, Miss Peterson, I'm a square-dealing man, and I always say what's on my mind. That letter you sent to our client who lost $50,000 in that case yesterday. Yes? Well, he just called me. He said he laughed at your letter so much he forgot his losses and gave me another case. What? And to show my appreciation, you're rehired, and here's a $50 bonus. Oh, I'm so happy I could sing. You do, and I'll take back the money. <laughs> well, that's the end of Irma's musical career. Lily Pons can now breathe easy again. 
thanks to Mr. Clark's generosity, Irma has $50. Irma, what are you going to do with the $50? Oh, I think we ought to get the piano back. I need it. Honey, you never touched the piano. What do you mean, you need it? Well, every time Al kissed me, I used to lean against the piano, and now I'm liable to fall out the window. <laughs> and you know something? She may fall out of the window head first, but believe me, she'll land on her feet if I know my friend Irma. <laughs> friend Irma, created by Cy Howard, and starring Marie Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane. You can't judge a book by its cover. Well, me, Jane Stacy, I've got to blast that theory wide open because it is not true. Take my roommate, Irma Peterson. A whole library could fall on her head and I could still prove there was nothing under all those covers. <laughs> what makes me so sure? Well, who else comes up with the kind of answers she does when you make a simple statement like the one I made the other day, for instance? Irma? Yes, Jane? You know, it says here that they found a tree with enough lumber in it to build a seven-room house. But, Jane, in the wintertime, when the leaves fall off, won't the roof leak? <laughs> well, I must say, my little roommate is making an all-out effort to improve herself since I threatened to walk out on her a couple of weeks ago. Jane? Yeah, sweetie? Don't you think I'm doing much better than I used to? You certainly are, honey, and I'm proud of you. Especially the way you prepared dinner last night. The whole meal was piping hot, including the ice cream. <laughs> Irma, where did you get the idea of serving hot ice cream? Well, the recipe said to cover the ice cream with hot fudge. Yeah. So I covered the ice cream with a fudge and put it in a frying pan to heat it up. <laughs> well, sweetie, I'll give you an A for effort. You'll be all right. Just don't try to do anything you don't understand. Oh, I won't, Jane. Come in. Miss Irma Peterson. I'm Miss Peterson. Who are you? George Clark. I represent Mrs. Higgins. I'm here to collect $50 for the damages you did to her car. Oh, I'm sorry. We have a vacuum cleaner. Goodbye. Wait Bye. a minute. What have you been up to? Oh, it's nothing. Uh, good day, sir. Good Don't Bye. give me that it's nothing routine. <laughs> nothing doesn't cost $50. What did you do? She borrowed Mrs. Higgins' car and wrecked it. Oh, Irma. Oh, and after all the lecturing I've given you, why did you borrow Mrs. Higgins' car when you don't know how to drive? Well, you told me never to be wasteful. Oh, no. What has that got to do with it? Well, someone gave me a ticket to a drive-in movie, and I had to have a car to get in. <laughs> now, never mind all that. Just tell me who was at fault in the accident. 
The other person, I put my hand out for a right turn. Yeah. And when I turned left, he hit me. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. You signaled for a right turn and turned left. Yes, and it wasn't easy. I had to slide across the seat and open the window so I could put my right hand out. <laughs> Irma, I don't understand all this. All you had to do was stay where you were and put your left hand out. What, and drop my ice cream cone? Then oh. <laughs> tell her about those 15 people you frightened to death. Well, you can't blame me. It's those stupid signs they have. Stupid signs? Yes, it said safety zone, and when I drove into it to get out of the way uh, of all the traffic, the cop bawled me out. So you tangled with the law, too. You're lucky he didn't give you a ticket. Oh, he couldn't. I don't have a license. <laughs> He was going to take me to court What made him change his mind? I don't know I offered to drive him there <laughs> Look, I'm not interested in how it happened All I want is my client's $50 But I don't have $50 Well, I'll give you 24 hours to get it If you don't have it when I come back here We start suit Goodbye <coughs> Gosh, Jane I, I, I guess you'll just have to let me have the $50. Uh-uh. 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 <laughs> but, Jane, you're my friend. You've got to help me out when I'm in trouble. Listen to me, Irma. I am through helping you out of the ridiculous situations you managed to get yourself into. Now, you are strictly on your own. That's a fine way to talk when I've been trying so hard to improve myself. You call this improving well, yourself? Well, it could have been worse. I almost hit a big truck, but I stopped the car just in time. <laughs> well, good for you. How did you manage to do that? I ran out of gas. <laughs> Please, Jane, you've got to lend me the money. No, not a chance, Cookie. I don't want to seem unreasonable, but this is unforgivable. Driving a car when you don't know how. You could have killed someone. No. No, Irma, this is your own party. But, Jean, when you're in trouble, I always help you. When was I ever in trouble? That time I set your dress on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Honey, I've made up my mind. It is all settled. I'm tired of being a mother to a girl my own age. Come in. Hello, girls. Hello, Mrs. O'Reilly. Hello. Say, what's the matter with you girls? You sound like you've been quarreling. Well, we have. I don't know what's the matter with Jane. Just because I made a little mistake, she's mad at me. A little mistake? Mrs. O'Reilly, all she did was to borrow a car when she doesn't know how to drive, doesn't have a license, and doesn't have money to pay the damages. Damages? Yes, yes. I've been telling her that she had no business borrowing a car when she's not a responsible person. Not responsible? I certainly am, and I have witnesses. You have? Yes, a policeman and the driver of the other car both said I was responsible. <laughs> and now Jane won't help me. Help you? Yes, I need $50. Will you lend it to me? Well, if it's such an emergency, maybe I could Hold it. Now, Mrs. O'Reilly, before that big heart of yours begins to melt, let me tell you something. Irma will never learn to take care of herself as long as she knows that we will come to her rescue. Oh, Jane, how can you be so cruel? Well, Irma, I see what Jane's driving at, and maybe she's right. 
You know, when I was a little girl, I used to be very cocky because I knew I could always run to me mother. But one day something happened that changed all that. It did? Yes, I was trying to steal some honey out of a beehive. And the bees got mad and started to chase me. So I quickly ran and hid under my mother's hoop skirt. But the bees followed me. And from that time on, I was on my own. Come in. It's only me, Professor Kropotkin. <laughs> Hello, Janie and I'm and Mrs. O'Reilly. My three little beauties. You, Janie, with hair that shines like silk. Well, thank you, Professor. And you, Irma. Oh, your hair is like a golden sunset. Thank you. And you, Mrs. O'Reilly? <laughs> yes, Professor. Ragmap. <laughs> I'd have known you'd run through to form your old reprobate you. Oh, now, please, Miss O'Reilly, that's no way to talk to the man that's going to lend me $50. $50? Thanks for the compliment. But tell me, what do you need $50 for? To pay for the car I wrecked. How did you ever do such a thing? Whose car was it? Well, it belonged to Mrs. Higgins, and I don't want to ask her for the money because she's mad at me already. Well, Irma, darling, I wish I could help you. Maybe if I hocked my fiddle. Wait huh? a minute. Uh, wait. Wait a minute, Professor. You'll do no such thing. I'm trying to teach Irma to stand on her own two feet. And if you encourage her, all my work will be just for nothing. A fine friend you are, Jane, turning everybody against me. No, Irma, darling. What Jane is trying to do is for your own good. You know, a person's character is like a corset. If you want to take the easy way out, you can loosen it and relax. <laughs> but if you have willpower and keep it real tight, you'll always be in good shape. <laughs> the professor's right, Irma. <laughs> Many's the time I've wanted to loosen a whalebone or two and relax. <laughs> By the looks of you, they must have loosened the whole whale. <laughs> Bunch of friends you are All you do is think about yourselves I hate you I hate one of you Well A few more of these crying trips to the bedroom Will be the only ones in the apartment With a built-in swimming pool <laughs> Oh, Janie Maybe we're being a little too hard on her But I have a few dollars saved Look, and I look Look, Mrs. O'Reilly, I have the money, too. But I refuse to let her get away with these things. She's just got to learn that money doesn't grow on trees. Speaking of trees, come on, Miss O'Reilly. I want you to come up to my room and see if you agree with the birds. <laughs> what do you mean, the birds? Well, a little robin was just about to build a nest on my windowsill. But her husband took one look at my room, looked at Mrs. Robin and said... Come on, Mama, this is not the right place to raise a nice family. <laughs> and believe me, if I had wings, I would fly away, too. <laughs> Goodbye, Jamie. Irma! Cookie! Come on out, Irma. 
when I haven't got a friend in the world? All right. That's the way you want it to be. Come in. Hello, Jane. Where's chicken? <laughs> oh, it's you. Irma, there's someone here to see you. Who? The Tommy Manville of the Hawk Shops. <laughs> I'm not coming out. What's up, Jane? I'll make it short, Al. She borrowed a car, which she wrecked, and she hasn't got the money to pay for it, and I refuse to help her out. Well, that's a fine thing. You, her best friend. Now, look here. Don't you start with me. I live with the girl, and I'll do what I think is best. Yeah, and break my poor chicken's heart. Well, I ain't gonna stand for it. No. No. Someday I'm gonna marry Chicken and take her away from all this. And when I do, don't want her to be such a nervous wreck she can't hold down a job. <laughs> all right, loudmouth. You want to go to bat for her? For my Chicken, I'll do anything. Why, I'd go to the ends of the earth for her. I'd climb the highest mountain. I'd give her my life's blood. I. Okay, I'd... she needs fifty dollars. That stupid dame. <laughs> I heard you. You call me stupid. Oh, oh, no, chicken. You, you, you didn't hear well through the door. I said, since meeting you, have been a victim of Cupid. Oh, <laughs> uh, don't kid me. You're not my friend, and Jane isn't my friend, and if I ever get married, it won't be to either one of you. Goodbye. <laughs> Where are you going? My boss, Mr. Clyde, he'll lend me the $50. You think so? I know so. He's told me a thousand times he'd like to see me get what's coming to me. This is one time Irma's gone a little too far And I'm not going to see her through She's done stupid things in the past But driving a borrowed car When she doesn't even know how to drive Well, that's a little too much Some things she does are perfectly harmless Like the time I sent her to the store For a can of sockeye salmon And she came back with a fish and a hammer And told me to hit it <laughs> Well, anyway, now she's on her own Let her go to Mr. Clyde's house He's rich He can afford aspirin Hello, Miss Peterson This is a surprise Come in Oh, thank you, Mrs. Clyde uh, Is Mr. Clyde in? He's around back in the garden Every time I come here, I have to admire your house. Oh, is that a new sofa? Why, no, my dear, that's a love seat. Aren't you and Mr. Clyde a little too old, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> I beg your pardon. Oh, and that beautiful sterling punch bowl. Oh, it's exquisite. Oh, thank you. It, it was a wedding gift to us. It was made in 1790. Well, you and Mr. Clyde have certainly stuck together a long time. <laughs> oh, this room is priceless. 
What's that statue over there without the head? That's winged victory. Well, if that's victory, I hate to see what the loser would look like. <laughs> Speaking of heads, Miss Peterson, uh, mine is getting a little tired. Why don't you join Mr. Clyde in the garden? You can go through here. Thank you. Oh, Mr. Clyde! Yeah? Oh, it's you. You'd better get back in the house and get an umbrella. There's a woodpecker flying around here. <laughs> Mr. Clyde, I simply must speak to you. Well, all right. Come over here. I'm planting some petunias. I want to cultivate the bed. Well, you can take your nap later. This is important. <laughs> I thought I was getting a day off. Let's go over here. You can talk to me while I work in the garden. Oh, gee, you have a pretty garden. Did you plant it all yourself? Just about. With the exception of that old weeping willow. That was planted by my great-grandfather. Oh, Mr. Clyde, stop trying to kid me. How could an old man lift such a heavy tree? <laughs> <laughs> Look, will you just keep quiet while I plant? And what did I do with the geranium slips? What? Those little green things. There was a bunch of them right here. Oh, I've been eating them. I thought it was celery. Oh, no. no. <laughs> here, take these. Well, what are they? They're Vigoro tablets. <laughs> Why should I take them? They'll help you grow, you blooming idiot. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Don't start crying. What is the matter with you, anyway? Well, I borrowed a car, and now if I don't pay for the damage, I'll have to go to jail. Jail? <laughs> oh, Miss Peterson, that's too bad. Then why are you smiling? Oh, was I? Mr. Clyde, it will only take $50. Will you lend it to me? Me lend you $50? Yes, you can take $5 a week out of my salary, and in five weeks it'll be all paid back. <laughs> and to think this is the girl who does my bookkeeping. <laughs> Miss Peterson, I can't lend you any $50. Why not, Mr. Clark? Because you have no business driving a car. But the accident wasn't my fault. Oh, it wasn't. Well, I'm an attorney. I'll find out very quickly. Now, in which direction were you driving at the time of the accident? Frontward. I know you were going. <laughs> now, uh, where did you get hit? In the rear. <laughs> oh, not me, the car. I feel fine. You were making a turn? Yes. Well, why didn't you see if the course was clear? Did you look in the mirror? I didn't have to. I got dressed before I left the house. <laughs> no, no, I, I can't believe this. Was there a traffic signal on the corner? Yes. What color was it? Red. And you went through it? No, I went around it. I hit the lamppost on the other corner. <laughs> Case dismissed. Now, now, this is my question, Mr. Clyde. Can I have the person I hit put in jail? Only if they rewrite the Constitution. <laughs> I wouldn't lend you a nickel to get out of this. You're a menace to civilization. Well, if that's the way you feel, you can keep your money. I'll go to a finance company and borrow it. But you have no gratitude. What do you mean? Treating me like this. After what I've just done for you, peeling all these potatoes. Potatoes? Where? You moron, those are my prize dahlia balls. Don't oh, get out of here. <laughs> oh, look at those 
those people are all coming out of that door crying. Uh, pardon me, is there a funeral going on here? No, miss. This is the Happiness Loan Company. Those people are crying with gratitude because we loaned them some money. Now, what can we do for you? Well, I, I need $50. Do you think you can lend it to me? I believe we can. Your name? Irma Peterson. I live at uh, 8224 West 73rd Street. Fine. Have you any collateral? I've never been a sick day in my life. <laughs> oh, I got a live one here. <laughs> All right, miss. Just sign this. There you are. And here's your $50. Gee, this is easier than working for your money. You should live so long. Goodbye. <laughs> Hello, Janie. Mrs. O'Reilly here told me about the terrible news. What shall I do, no, Professor? Control yourself. You know, I'm. Uh, it's too bad her last name isn't Hoover. We could rent her out for a vacuum. <laughs> and this paper she signed. And the way that man leered at me when he came to appraise our furniture. Now, take it easy, Janie. No. I had my lesson with those finance companies. I borrowed some money one time for plastic surgery. Did you have it done? <laughs> Certainly I had it done. There must be somebody you can sue. Be <laughs> oh. still, you. Oh, how could she do it? How could she do it? Hello, everyone. Oh, there you are. Yes, Jane. You don't look happy. What's wrong? I don't look happy? Strange. I feel so joyful. I wouldn't be surprised if I had a stroke. <laughs> Look at this paper you signed. Isn't it good? Good. It's wonderful. They'll be able to retire in a year. Irma Peterson, have you read this? No. Is it interesting? It's fabulous. I want to ask you one thing. There are so many honest loan companies. Why did you have to pick this swindle outfit? Well, I needed the money because of the accident. Well, I've got news for you, honey. Before you repay this, you'll have to work until you're 90. 90? Yes. Not only that, but they get half the furniture, half your earthly possessions, and I haven't read the small print carefully. But unless I'm mistaken, if you and Al get married and have twins, they get one of the kids. <laughs> Why are you crying? It will probably be the one I like best. <laughs> Come in. Chicken, you're crying. She has reason to. Look at this. Let me see. Oh. This document is so crooked, even I can't understand. <laughs> well, in a situation like this, there is only one man to contact. Who else? Who else but... Hello, Joe. <laughs> Al. Got a problem. Look, Joe, Irma borrowed $50 from a crooked loan company. What is my move? Uh-huh. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Joe... I'd like your boys to wreck the joint. Why? Because this outfit must be run by the most vicious, the crookedest, the crummiest person that ever lived. The name? Happiness Loan Company. What, Joe? Well, Joe, I'm sorry. I didn't know it was your mother's business. <laughs> oh, listen, Joe! Joe, wait! 
wait a minute. release from the Happiness Loan Company, and rather than take any more chances, I loaned her the $50. And to make sure she doesn't get in any more trouble, Irma is taking driving lessons. Sweetie? Yes, Jane? How'd your driving lesson go today? Oh, wonderful. I answered all the teacher's questions correctly, I learned all the safety laws, and I learned all the words on the eye chart right. Well, that's fine. When do you take your next lesson? I don't know. I wrecked the teacher's car. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know, there's going to be another wreck. A nervous wreck. It'll be the girl that lives with my friend, Irma. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio Service, the voice of information and education. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for 